What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. If it's your first time coming to hang out, let me tell you what's up so we can all get down on this episode. The name of the show is what the sections are, Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. So in the Buds section, I got a little bit of marijuana news for you. In the Bros section, the topic at hand plays a big part in my guest's life along with myself. We'll talk about that more. But we're going to talk about growing up with the topic at hand in the Superhero section, which is... Harry Potter. That's all right. Some people right now are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Harry Potter's not a superhero. Dude saved the world from an evil guy using magic. Come on. How many superhero plots are really off from that? I'm going to call him a superhero. It's great because it's my show, so I can. My name is Nick James, and today my guests, I mean, I've just kind of been going up, setting the bar higher and higher. People who have known me the longest. I had my brother on here. I had my best friend on here. I had my wife on here. Today I have my parents on here. It's the first time ever podcasting with parents that I've ever like. I don't even listen to any podcasts where people bring their parents on. It's gonna be it's gonna be a different one for sure. Uh, probably a few less f bombs, but I can't say none at all. <laughs> yeah, that's her giggling, guys. She's usually the number one fan who's like, "Can you stop all the time with the cussing?" So, like I said, my name's Nick James. Let's welcome James and Denise. Two buds, bros, and superheroes. My parents, guys. Parents, say hello. Hello. Thank you very much for having us. Hi, Nick. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. This is going to be fun. It's going to be a little <laughs> bit different, that's for sure. <laughs> With that, guys, we can get into the show proper. Start off the way that I always do in the bud section. Now, the bud section is all about marijuana, and you're like, oh my God, is this motherfucker really going to talk about marijuana with his parents? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to do, guys. It's going to be a little interesting, probably a little bit shorter than we usually talk about, but the way that I always start out is asking what we're smoking on, and I am smoking on some delicious Franklin Labs Wedding Gelato. Got that at my favorite, Harvest, shout out, love them, love that place, love my Franklin Fridays, you go and you get a half an ounce for 180 you get to pick out four different ones of these ah. for $180, and then I got a sweet pen too. I think that was a Cresco pen sitting right there. Pretty delicious. It was a great time, man. I very much liked it. Now you yourself, sir, father, weird. Um, you are somebody who is also a part of the medical marijuana patient program out here in Pennsylvania. I, I just am. wanted to talk a little bit about how you found that so far and different travelings of the green is how I like to call it. Yeah, I found it uh, quite easy in a sense to get it out here. Um, I wanted to go down the, the legal route. And got it through my uh, doctor prescription. It was all online and then a phone call. And was able to pick up a license now or a permit, I guess you'd call it, to, to go down the green legally. Yeah, I like that. The traveling of the green. Have you heard that in your travels of the green? No, actually. And not until I started listening to your show did I really. Growing up, you know, with pot, marijuana, grass, what was your guys' favorite thing to call it back in the day? What would you always use? All, for most part, it was just doobie. Do some doobie. So whether or not it was rolled up in paper or not, the, the pot itself was doobie. Correct. So you'd roll doobie in a doobie? When I was growing up, that was really the only means that I knew of, in a sense, was rolling it up in, in joints. So no pieces, no pipes, no nothing like that. Eventually, maybe uh, later on, but you're correct. talking about your earliest days. Correct. Predominantly, that's how it was bought. That's how it was uh, consumed, so it was nice that way. And mother, what I did you usually... Was, I didn't. 
I didn't. Well, in, no, and whether or not you school. bought it for yourself or knew it of yourself, you still had to call it. Oh, we it. called a pot. Thank you. And That's it was nice. for burnouts. <laughs> and I was not part of the burnout crowd, so it wasn't a big part of my growing up at all. So you have you traveled ever? But you I don't have. like it. I don't. I I don't. It doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't make me feel good. It makes me feel uncomfortable, antsy, very paranoid. So it's not a pleasurable experience for me. Which is just perfectly fine if you ask me. It was great. I got a new friend, two new friends. Basement Surge podcast. He's a guy who's in Brooklyn and he's been going live a lot for his coffee break and just hanging out. He's got these cool pod decks, which are just information starters, you know, and he's just kind of been going. I found it very enjoyable. And then one of his subscribers is now one of my friends on Instagram. We were just talking and he said something about how he did not have a good time. I said, well, yeah, that's why we're still in the medical part of it out here in Pennsylvania. You know, you should go and talk to a professional. That professional then should lead you to people who are associated with it. And no could say, oh, you freak out. Then if you want to take the trip, this is maybe where we should start and can help guide you through that. My last episode with NEPA Canna, my boy Danny G, was very, very awesome to listen to. He gave such knowledge about it. And there are other options if you choose to travel. I'm not saying anybody has to. But, you know, it is it, it is something that affects everybody differently. And I kind of hit him back with a story of I've heard of people who go on, quote unquote, real drugs, you know, handed out by pharmacies and had a bad reaction. No, I can't take that. That makes me antsy and have stuff like that. So, yeah, it, I think that just kind of folds into the it is medicine. It affects everybody differently. Mm-hmm. Go seek a mm-hmm. doctor, talk about it and take it with a little bit of caution. But right. it's good that you know that you're not a traveler of it. Well, and I have the same problem with painkillers. And one of my biggest fears is going forward, if anything happens to me physically, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen because dental work and different things that have happened and I've needed to take pain medication, it is a very uncomfortable state because it gets rid of the pain, but it makes me hypersensitive and feels almost like I have bugs crawling on me. Oh, I get super itchy too. The tip Mm -hmm. of my nose on painkillers. Yeah, it's terrible. It is. Kind of keeping going in Mm -hmm. our talk of it being around PA and the legalness in PA and the PAMMJ, Pennsylvania Medical Marijuana. I just wanted to read a cool little news story. So just recently in the state, we had a new law passed through the House where 164 to 38, so I'm no math magician, but that seems pretty pretty one way. Overwhelming majority. Which would permit dispensing a three-month supply at a time up front instead of the normal one. Right now, we're allowed to purchase a one-month supply. During the pandemic, it was allowed to go up so less people would have to go out. So now, basically, all this bill has done is kept that in place and kept in place, too, that it could be run out to you, that no, you no longer have to go in. Run out to you where? At your home or in the parking lot, like a to-go service? A to-go curbside curbside thing. Now, when I was talking to Mr. Joe G from Philadelphia, my Philly Joe, he was talking about there are places that do do have <laughs> he said do do that have <laughs> drive throughs So that is a thing. No, that's fine. I was talking more whether it was a home delivery type service. That might happen as well. From what I've heard, the yeah, Jeff yeah. Bezos, aka Amazon guy, was like, I like weed. Weed's cool. And like that was a big thing because everybody's like, Are we oh, gonna no, Amazon weed now? He's going on a rocket ship. Cool, as mm-hmm. he should. I mean, when you're a bald He's billionaire. He's his brother and leaving one brother behind. Why? Just in case? That's the way they made it sound. In Fact. case the Ooh, rocket sorry. goes up Stay and doesn't come back down, there's one brother left to mine the shop. Weird fact. Two people know how to make Coca-Cola, and they're not allowed on the same flight at the same time for that reason. 
Wow. Isn't that fucked up? Uh-huh. <laughs> a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it also reminds me of a weird SpongeBob reference. So I thought that that was great. I, I'm glad that they kept this in. I didn't know. Maybe that's why. It's like three months is a pretty hefty supply. So I'm happy that they get to do that. There was a lot of people. I'm reading this now at Pittsburgh Action 4 News. So thank you to them. If you want to read, I'll put the link in the description. But, you know, a lot of people are like, listen, it's hard to go out every month. I've got shit to do. So to go out pretty much now four times a year instead of 12, hell yeah, let's keep that going. I think it's great. I think that people are safer getting it from a dispensary as opposed to some somebody standing on a street corner. You don't have to worry about it being laced with anything or there being anything in it except for what it says on the can. So I think safety-wise, it's just better off being legal. I agree. Once they decide to uh, make it legal at the federal level, you're going to see a huge boom in the industry, I believe. Which might be very close behind. That was something else I brought up the article to maybe talk about, but it just got too much into who voted what and left sides and who's controlling the house. And this is not that type of show, but long story short, federally, it might be coming illegal. I know that they did give away some power in terms of they're not the only one to test its medicine, medicinal purposes anymore. Some of that has been given away. So now private companies can start figuring it out really truly what this plant can do for people of different diseases and stuff like that. So I'd have to agree with you, Pop. I'm pretty sure federally it's going to it's gonna go down. What I'm really interested in seeing just all these years later, if it really affects the timber industry super hardcore, because from everything I've learned, it was a smear campaign from the timber industry, from this one guy who then made the reefer madness and started all this fucked up stuff because he was going to use lose crops of fields compared to hemp because hemp is just fucking amazing at making textiles, at making a oh, bunch of different man. things. I'm sorry to if I, I was burying the lead there if you didn't. But yeah, that it was this whole time just fucking bullshit because people with money didn't want to lose money so started saying bad things about it and made reefer madness which is hysterical i don't think i've ever seen it oh it's like 1920s and like people take it and they laugh themselves to death and it's not ironic oh yeah oh yeah it's not meant in any sort of this is supposed to be funny it's funny almost a hundred years later of just going can you really believe this is what people thought about the plant that makes me feel better a little bit of fun facts all there rolled up into this bud section but we're going to keep it brief Head on out of there and go right into the bro section where we're going to talk about some Harry Potter. I think it's safe to say that I I didn't really love reading growing up at a very young age. No, you did not. I would also hope that it's safe to say that Harry Potter changed that. Yes. Thank you. Because that is, you know, this is one of those parts where... It's great to talk to you guys coming from the source because I talk a lot of shit. You hear it. You listen to the podcast all the time of, I've done this since I was a kid and I've lo- like, I don't fucking really know what I've done since I was a kid. So I could say whatever I want. And you two are the only ones who are like, no, that's not true. So it is good to know that when I say that Harry Potter really cemented me into reading that in Holes. Yes. I really liked Holes. That was a good book. I really was. reading that one, yeah. But between reading all the books, we did that. It was not only something for me to learn how to read. It was something we did as a family for you guys to teach me how to read. You know, I have no shame in saying in the first grade I was brought aside because they were like, you don't read too well. How about we go and work on that? I was like, all right, I'm I'm in the first grade. I don't know. So we went and we did that. And just getting through books sometimes was hard for me just because it wasn't easy all the time for me to read. But this made me 
I specifically have memories of like, hey guys, can you read to me? Because it's it's kind of hard. And you would, but there has to be a point where you're fucking tired of talking, tired of reading. And you'd say, all right, Nick, you know, that's it. I'd be like, no, one more. And you were, in my opinion, great parents. And like, if you want more, one more, then you read it yourself. And I fucking did. And now I don't think I'm the strongest reader, but I definitely can read a book now much easier than I was when I was seven. I don't know why I'm patting myself on the back for that, but I'm going to cut that. <laughs> Well, I read Harry Potter first before either you or your sister, and I was completely hooked, and that's when I started reading it to the two of you. And I can remember specifically knowing when you could read, which was younger than you even think, I would try to skip out of finishing a book and skip over a page. And both you and Ashley, right around four, went, no, you you didn't read that. You didn't read that. You skipped that page. So... You certainly did know how to read. I think that you were just, it was easier for you if somebody read to you. I'm a giant Audible fan and I'm 30 (laughs) years old. So it tells you how fucking, yes, that's pretty Mm -hmm. true. But yeah, that'd be funny too. If you're a parent, just like, all right, chapter one, the boy who lived. And at the end, Voldemort died. Good night. And you're just like, wow, what a short fucking book that was. (laughs) It looks so much bigger. Reading must be really easy. So you, I got to look up the date then. You were an adult at that point. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. But I I have always loved reading. It was a huge hit. It was making the news. I don't like to feel left out. You know, FOMO is very real in my life. It was then. It is now. And I went and I got the book. And it was incredible. Loved every single word of it. Couldn't. And at that point in time, it was you had to wait for the second book. And it was all of that anticipation. And right, right. You, Couldn't wait to get your hands on it. And at that point, it was all over the morning shows. So Good Morning America, and everybody was talking about Harry Potter, and it was just a sensation. And I couldn't wait to read it to you and your sister. Yeah, I do remember that part, too, about waiting for the next book Mm -hmm. to come out, and us going back and forth, and who's going to read it next. Because I think, if I'm not mistaken, that's the same time that Left Behind series came out. Yes. So you and I were going back and forth, which which one's going to come out first? Which one's mm-hmm. going to read this? Exactly. And, and I got hooked pretty hard on the Harry Potter books themselves, too. Yeah. And, you know, it didn't even occur to us. There was no way we were going to buy two books, right. two copies of the same book. That wasn't happening. We just weren't doing that. So, no, not for the same house. Even now, it's just stupid. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why would you do that? Exactly. You go read your copy over there. Mm-hmm. But no, that's funny to think that you were just like staring at each other like, you done? Well, that's why we had the two series going on at least. So, and I'm trying to remember <laughs> that I do remember. We had Harry on a vacation, and you had it, and you read that one first, and I was waiting very patiently. Punta and I'm Cana, trying to Dominican Republic. It was number six. The green cover was yes. that was that year because I had by that point had become third in the rotation then. Maybe fourth Mm -hmm. between, you know, you do have another child who will name nameless. (laughs) (laughs) The one who will not be named. She's, she's, that's funny. Um, No, we love her. Anyway, (laughs) because by that point, I really remember the fourth one waiting for that one. So you remember you got in at ground floor. I'd call it like, all right, I have the first one. Now I'm waiting for the second Mm -hmm. one. And whether or not you had read it to me at that point, I don't remember it. What I do specifically remember is waiting for the fourth one. So maybe by the time the third one came out is when I was really 
hardcore into it because I remember going from Clark to Mountainside from one Barnes and Noble to another Uh because the first didn't have it. And those who aren't familiar with the area, it's not far, but it's 30 minutes. You know, you got to hop on 22 and all that shit. And I ran in and there was a fuck ton of them and I grabbed one. And I have this memory too of you walking up the storefront Mm -hmm. and I'm on the other side in the store of the glass. Like there's a glass panel to Mm -hmm. like just going as I raise my two hands above my head, just going, yeah, it's here, it's here, it's here. We could stop looking. Let's go home. Let's go home. Let's go home. And then by the time it all ended, I was working at CVS and to kind of circle back around to what you were talking about in terms of uh, phenomena. Mm. CVS is not where you go to get your new released books. No. But we got books to sell that had giant stickers, do not open until. And we were a Garwood, New Jersey, CVS. You know, it's not like we were, where's the same town as Scholastic or some shit like that, where it's like, oh, it makes sense that they have the book first, but we did. And I remember I worked that morning and I was able to cut it open and I just sat there ringing people out and they're like, what are you doing? They're like, is that Harry Potter? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, do you have another one? And I was like, yeah, we got some. And I sold like five Harry Potter books that day just sitting there reading it. That's so cool. Yeah. I don't remember that story. That's so cool. Yeah, I was an asshole. I skipped right to the epilogue. It's so funny. You don't remember this, but it's something, it's so weird, and it must be weird even now, as I'm a 30-year-old man, and you raised me, you know me, and the weird things that you never thought would make an impression, that must have, because I do them now. You showed me the Billy Crystal, what's her name? What's Meg, her name? Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. Classic, When Harry Met Sally, and he's a pessimist, and he tells her, Oh, I always read uh, the last chapter mm-hmm. first. And she I, goes, why? In case <laughs> I, I die, die overnight, at least I know how it ends. <laughs> and as a child, and now a grown man, I'm like, that makes fucking sense. So I always read the last <laughs> chapter first to know how it ends. And the first thing I read was the epilogue. And then I went, okay. And I went back to figure it out. That's and, so funny because, you know, I used to read the backs of books, the synopsis all the time. And I stopped doing that because I was finding myself reading the same types of books over and over and over again based on the back of the book. I said, nope, I'm going by cover only and possibly, you know, author reputation, and I'm not going to read the synopsis anymore. So every book I read now, I go in blind, completely blind, and I never skip to the back. If I die, that's the way it was supposed to go down. (laughs) Now, on the other end of that coin... I would say mom reads a lot in terms of just a wide spectrum, whereas this type of young adult fantasy would have never really crossed into your realm before or after that. Would you agree? As far as Harry Potter? As mean? far as a genre for you reading books, would you say young adult fantasy oh, no. is your Had forte? I not had you guys at that point in time in my life, I doubt I would have picked it up, you know, even if Denise would have said, you know, this is a great book about wizards or something. Okay, you know, <laughs> Maybe. I've said that about a lot of books, and you've gone, yeah, okay, maybe. Right. About wizards? <laughs> no, about everything. About other, right, different topics or something, so. Again, I'm just trying to encapsulate on the, the phenomena part of it, and just how good it truly is, where even a father reading it to his kids, like, all right, shit, I kind of want to know how this ends, too. Right, right. Like, that's some good writing. And there are some kind of fun facts, like, if I'm not mistaken, she was super duper poor when she wrote this, like, writing it in cafe on mm-hmm. scraps of paper. Yeah, she doesn't have to worry about that now. No, no. She could buy all the paper everywhere, I bet, and probably still have money left over. She can, yeah. She's richer than the Queen of England. 
That's according to your grandfather. So I, a little fun fact he shared with me just today. Thank you. You're welcome. We haven't really heard much from her since. And what she is coming out with in terms of the writing the new movies aren't hitting any sort of chord for me, aren't touching the magic at all. I Did she do the play? I don't know that I know what you're talking about. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. The, the stage play. The, the Broadway show that's a Harry Potter show. I heard about it, but I don't know. You own the book. It's in your house. I look at it every time I go upstairs. Oh, is that what that one is? Yes. <laughs> oh, good. I always thought this whole time that that was my copy, and now I know that it is because you didn't even know you owned it. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I didn't. Yeah, there's this show. It's called Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, and it goes on where now Harry's got a kid, and he's got a... Send them to school, and I don't want to spoil it for you guys because well, you're both looking at me. Well, don't, because I didn't even know we had it. It is sitting in your house, woman. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I believe you. I know where it is. I'll show you. Is when it at I the top home. of the stairs? Yeah. Is that where I'm thinking of? Yes. Okay. So it was written by Jack Thorne based on an original story by J.K. Rowling, John Tiffany, and Jack Thorne. So though I liked that book slash play, it is... It's it's okay. It's still not the magic is what I was, I guess, trying to get to and just wondering maybe where it went to. In terms to answer your next question, I think the next big thing that Disney's going to try to push for is they're going to revamp Percy Jackson. I thought they already tried that. They yeah. made two movies and they didn't go super well. But I they, thought the first one was great. I thought the second one was kind of not so great. I would agree. We saw the first one together yes, in theaters. Yes, we did. They're going to redo it because the magic of these movies in my opinion, is the fact that it is the same actors, the kids at least, the whole time through. Oh, you mean Harry Potter, absolutely. Because you watch them grow up, they grow into the parts. Mm-hmm. Organically, naturally, you see them age. It's wonderful. Percy it's Jackson didn't do that. They cast like 16-year-olds when they were supposed to be 13, 14. And then there's like six And now they're 35. And now they're, exactly. And those in Hollywood, yeah, they're dead, basically. So I think that they're going to try to redo that. But then he recently said something about like, I don't know how this is going. So we'll see. But I thought that, that was another, that was the second biggest young adult series. That's of Rick Gordon? Yeah. Yeah. You tried to get me hooked on those. And I did read, I think I read two. But then I just, I liked, like I said, I liked the first movie. The books were okay. They didn't grab me like Harry, but they were okay. As what I call myself, a man, I read Harry Potter, and I can get easily sucked back into it. Trying to get back into those, I realize, almost like watching Power Rangers, where I was like, ooh, (laughs) this hasn't aged as well as I have. You know, this does seem to be a little placatey, a little bit for kids, whereas an adult, I don't appreciate it as much, whereas where I read J.K. Rowling, I'm just like, she wrote this for me. This is my book. Mm -hmm. I like this Mm -hmm. book. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I'll wait for the the movie section before I say. We can almost get into there quick. The next big thing that I wanted to talk about in the bro section of growing up with the entire franchise is I don't think we missed a single movie. No, in fact, I think we were out here for at least one, if not two, that Ashley and Michael, we came out to Pennsylvania to make sure we were all together to see it. We saw one, I believe, in Wilkesbury. The first one? No. Oh, no, we saw one as in one, one of them. I'm one sorry. of them. I was yes. like, there's no fucking way we no, saw the no, first no, one no, here. No, 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 that was definitely Mountainside, 100% yes. Lowe's Theater. Absolutely. And that was back in the time, kids, where you couldn't pick your seats and you had to get there early. Uh-huh. And this is the time in my life where I learned what anxiety was. <laughs> 
I don't think I've ever had an anxious <laughs> moment in my life up to what if we don't get a good seat mm-hmm. and I got to sit in the front with my head cringed. What am I going to do? Like, I really truly believe maybe some of my anxious problems come from those moments of not knowing. And nowadays, getting to pick your seat is probably the best fucking thing movie theaters have ever done, in my opinion. Because I truly do remember just like getting to the, like pulling up, it's on Route 22, and you could see all the cars. You know, you're up on it, right. and you kind of have oh, to come yeah. down mm-hmm. into the theater. We used to come in through a side route coming in through the park. But if you didn't, you mm-hmm. could see down. What I'm trying to say is like yeah. you saw right away, bullshit or not, how, how busy many, it was. Yep. So now it's busy and you're like, shit, maybe they're all here to see not Harry Potter. And then you're parking and kids are running around with glasses and wands and you're like, fuck, everybody's here to see Harry Potter. This is not going to end well. <laughs> and getting seats and stuff. But yeah, definitely 100% yeah. can remember doing that for the first one, second one. It must have been, if I had to guess, the ones that we saw out here were somewhere in the last three. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I don't remember the years. I'm not good with data like that, like you are. I don't remember the years. But yeah, we definitely saw at least one, if not two, out here. The last one was 2010, not counting Fantastic Beasts. Oh, so maybe it was only one because, well, no, Ashley graduated in 2010. It could be. They might have come back Mm. for just as many as we came out here for. Yeah. For anybody who's like, what the fuck are they talking about? Right now, we're <laughs> in Pennsylvania, where we all live. We were talking about where we all lived in New Jersey. And then when my sister came out here to go to college, met her husband, they have kids, so now everybody's out here. Just anybody's going, where were they? And where are they coming from? <laughs> That's what was going on there. Sorry, maybe, should have said that five, six minutes ago. Are bad. But the Mountainside Theater was the best. I think we saw a majority of them there for quite some time. And I, again, I do not think that we missed one. Going to them, being Harry Potter, it, it was more than just a franchise. It really was a part of our family, was their family, and growing up with it. It was a lot of good fun. Oh, yes, absolutely. A lot of good memories tied up in just being together, just insisting that we all be together to see it, that we not see it alone or, you know, that was just, that was not happening. We were going to see it together as a family because we read it together as a family. It was, we talked about it. It was a big deal. And without knowing it, yeah, we could pretty much quote the last line that he says to Voldemort, like, let's end this the way we started it together. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And the fans are the best. Well, when we arrived here, you had a video going of the opening of Harry Potter store, I don't know the the proper name for it, in Manhattan. I think it's just Harry Potter, New York. And we are at such a politically charged, socially charged point in our history as a country. And here are all of these people, every size, every color, every shape, every nationality that you couldn't think of, all gathered to go to Harry Potter peacefully. And it just makes me, gives me hope for the country because here's all this group of nerds all together waiting to go into a store. It's a beautiful thing. Couldn't have put it better myself. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel. You know, a little kid going in and grabbing the book and dancing with it is more so what I feel rather than some, you know, we just recently heard that Target is no longer going to sell Pokemon cards because they can't deal with the fights that come from them of adults waiting for doors to open like it's fucking Black Friday, storming the doors and grabbing boxes of Pokemon cards to resell and bullshit. Like, it's just a fandom in which is like, ew. Hmm. Funko Pops, unfortunately, sometimes kind of get that rap. 
I I have fast walked to the back of a Target to pick one up. I'm not going to lie. Um, some of the comic book people, in terms of who makes the movies and tweeting, and if you don't bring Tom Holland back, we're going to kill him or some shit like that, or how dare you take Henry Cavill out. And there's just... I've never heard any of that bullshit with fucking Harry Potter. And it's just one of those things that I'm very proud of always being like, oh, yeah, I fucking always rep Harry Potter to the full extreme because I think our people, among all the fandoms, are the nicest. Even Star Wars, they almost made that Jar Jar Binks guy kill himself. Really? Yeah, that little Anakin Skywalker had to quit like five schools because they tormented him so bad. Oh, my gosh. Jake Austin, I think his name is. The same kid from Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that movie around Christmas time. Way off topic, but you know, you don't hear that. You don't hear Matthew Fluis or Emma Watson going like, oh, the fans are the worst and stuff like that. You hear generally just nice things. Mm-hmm. In fact, I hear such nice things that you could probably get Rupert Grint to come home with you. Somebody's like, hey, we're having a party. Do you want to go? And he's like, yeah. And all of a sudden, Daniel grabbed him or something like that. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, no, we can't go to that. Sorry. And he's like, why are you going? He's like, I just didn't want to say no. <laughs> <laughs> That's how nice that people are. Well, but- and I also think, too, that I know that I remember you being particularly hung up when they changed the director from Chris Columbus. No, I like the guy who did the third one. I wish that he was given the fourth one because the guy who did the fourth one didn't know shit about the books. When it was Chris Columbus, I think it was, we'll talk about this more in the movie okay. section. Okay. Because he did do the first ones. And when you look at the books, it literally does go like a rainbow in terms of seriousness, tone, even the spooky elements. So to have the lightest be done by the most kids hand person in the world, Chris Columbus, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is the most kids hand director. I thought it was good. The guy who did the third is who I wish did the fourth one as well. Oh, Okay. But even then, there was no petitions. There was no, no. we're not going to boycott unless it's... No, and again, I go back to seeing the cast on different talk shows, and it always seemed like a little family. They seemed like a bunch of kids who genuinely cared about each other. They, they laughed together. They giggled together. They got embarrassed together. They were adorable to watch. And to have that continue from the time they were kids through, you know, practically adults they were when they finished it was great just sparked one last memory oh Mm -hmm. man you as parents were really laxed in my opinion not to a (laughs) point that's like super shitty but i remember saying mom i'm not going to school tomorrow just telling you and you said okay why and now as an adult i'm like who the fuck tells their mom they're not going to school (laughs) and you said why and i was like rosie o'donnell is going to have the whole cast of Harry Potter on. And being sick, a lot of people will reference The Price is Right as being their companion. I remember in and around that time, I was. When I was sick, the Rosie O'Donnell show was the first thing on, and I loved it, and I loved Harry Potter, and I flat out told you, (laughs) I'm not fucking going to school tomorrow because the cast of Harry Potter is on Rosie O'Donnell, and they're going to show shit, and like, I cannot be bothered to go to school tomorrow. Like... Math? No, they're going to be on there. And fuck me in the ass if I didn't stay home that day and watch that with you. It was a great day. (laughs) But I just so specifically remember that when you were talking about watching them grow up and hang out and stuff. I remember watching that thing and just being like, it looks like them. It looks like they've known each other forever. And even as a kid. And now to be an adult and go back and watch. Also, I think the hardcore ones are the B characters, if you will. Are the Fred, George, Ginny, 
Seamus, Neville, uh, Neville, all of those Luna. guys who they needed to be around just as much for the background, but didn't have the heavy lifting of like, I've got 15 paragraphs to do today. It was just like, all right, Seamus, you're going to stand over a cauldron and it's going to blow up in your face. Ha ha ha. And then we're going to, and you know, so on and so forth. You know, Neville, it's why is it always me? But mm. they had to be around. So when you see photos of them, they just look thick as thieves, just hanging out awesome. And I to think this day, I still need another they, feather. They still talk to each other and mm. they still hang out and do conventions from time to time. It, it does look like a good time. And and just as a side note, you got to stay home from school, but you certainly didn't talk to me like that. No, no. <laughs> because you would have been in the corner chewing soap. Yeah, that's another thing. As an adult with my own house, I speak like this to my parents. Mm-hmm. It's not an all the time thing. With that fun little side note, we can close on out of the bros section and get into the superheroes section where we're going to continue to talk about Mr. Harry Potter. Stick to the first movie, Just Inside the Sorcerer's Stone. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone came out in 2001, specifically November 11th. If I'm not mistaken, we were seriously 110% there. November 11, 2001, comes in at 2 hours and 32 minutes long, but it never really felt that long as I was going back in through it. On the IMDb here, just in case nobody knows what the fuck Harry Potter is about, an orphan boy enrolls in a school of wizardry where he learns the truth about himself, his family, and the terrible evil that haunts the magical world. First one was directed by Chris Columbus. I think we also talked about how he went on to do the sequel, though we're not going to talk about that. The writings are J.K. Rowling gets credit for doing the novel that we have steve close here for the screenplay the stars it's, it's a lot to go through so we're just gonna go through them as we go through them usually i list the names but everybody in this movie is a star mm-hmm. to start off i do have some fun facts where this movie was originally he was uh steven spielberg was interested in doing one and mm. it was gonna be him and he was like what if we did a cartoon and we took stuff from a lot of the books and mashed them into one movie. And J.K. Rowling went, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. And rightfully so, because fuck that noise. So then eventually Warner Brothers got on. They're like, all right, well, let's do it with real people. Well, who are you thinking? She went, it's got to be an entirely British cast or pretty much no Americans. Because there are Irish actors. There are other European. It's got to be. Is that the right word? It's got to be an all European cast then? All on the other side of the pond because I know. I think all she was saying is not American. Not American, basically. <laughs> right. I don't want any Americans. Because another fun fact, just rolling off the cuff here, Robin Williams was like, "Bro, I want to be Hagrid," and J.K. was like, "Sorry, dude. Like, no, we're just. It's all us. You're not us. So sorry." Isn't that a fun fact? That is. That Could you awesome. imagine though? Can you really sit here and imagine Robin Williams no. doing it? No, because. No, Robin Williams, there's parts where Hagrid needs to be somewhat solemn and sad, and he he needs to be big. And not that they couldn't have big done that with Robin Williams. Too, right? Yeah, know, Robin Coltrane's the, not that big. The CGI and all that stuff, they could have made him big. But no, no, it, it, had, it had to be the guy that plays it. Robbie Coltrane. Yes. Just, so, just saying the names as they come up. Okay. I don't want to keep harping on it, because you're right. Maybe in the first one, we could have gotten away with it. But in later ones, where I see Hagrid in like the Deathly Hallows, and he's, Harry, what are you doing here? No! And he's all serious and mm-hmm. beat up. Then I, then I lose the entire Robin Williams thing. When I think of in this first movie, where he's like, oh, it was dark times. 
And what was the guy's name? And he's like, oh, I can't say. And he goes, uh, what if you wrote it down? And he goes, I couldn't spell it. <laughs> uh, some yeah. of those comic bits that he gets in this first one. But yes, I cannot agree with you more. What was the other one we were going to start counting? Oh, shouldn't have said that. Oh, shit, Yes. Those are great, yes. too. Should at least yes. have said that. And when the kids come to the door yeah. and they want to come in and he says, oh, I'm, I'm not really up to entertaining right now on, you know, that kind of stuff. That's where you can see maybe some of the brilliance that Robin Williams had comedically coming into play. But there were times that Hagrid had to really be sad and solemn. And I just don't see that coming out of Robin Williams. And just to continue on this train before really kind of starting the story of this first movie proper, one of the things that's brought up a lot is Harry in the Harry Potter verse as a whole is that he didn't have many strong father figures, with one of them being serious, and that's what makes his death so fucked up. But I'm like, dude, Hagrid was there the whole time. You know, he took care of you from the minute your parents died. Mm-hmm. As we all know in the giant story, sorry for any spoilers. Again, I can't believe anybody's kind of stayed with us this long and not known about Harry Potter. We do know that Snape is the first on the scene, but the person who takes Harry out of the wreckage that is his home after Voldemort kills everybody in there and brings him on the giant motorcycle is Hagrid. Mm-hmm. You know, I brought you here when you were a baby, and then we know as well he takes him out of there. He's still alive at the very end. He's still there, and even though it's never really written, I don't know in that play if he's ever actually brought up in the future, but I in my know. head, they're always going to gonna be best friends. Mm-hmm. They're always going to be there. So this is my personal little shout-out to, like, Hagrid might be my favorite character. You know, Hagrid's great. Hagrid's great. He him he... his first birthday cake, too. That was awesome. Personalized, even. And do we ever, do we know where that secluded rock island in the middle of water, why they were there, how they got there, the Dursleys, to, to get, to get away Harry from away from the, the letters, all yeah, the mail? That's what, what, did I they understood. own the island? They rented it. So that's one of the fun things that's left out of the books is they make a few different stops before he just yells in the middle of his own living room, like, we're getting away, far away, and then it's a jump scene to this little island. In the books, they make two stops, in which I don't remember off the top of my head, but again, the owls come with the very fucking specific address. Mm-hmm. So in the book, his first one was the letter under the, the guy under the stairs. It, 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 yeah. And then they were like, shit, they're fucking watching us. All right, let's put them in the second room, and then maybe they won't send another one. Then his next letter comes to Harry Potter, the smallest room in the house. And then they're like, oh, man, they're really watching us. So it does progress in the books a little bit more of like they try to go like and then it's like the Motel 6, whatever, you know, room mm-hmm. 413. Like, oh, my God. So by the end mm-hmm. of it, they traded everything in for the skiff to get to the island. It was pretty funny. That's yeah, I guess he did own it in the end. To start just really quickly back at the beginning, the movie starts with, um, or the book, the series starts with the boy who lived, Harry Potter, and the reason I consider him a superhero is the one who took down the Dark Wizard. There's this guy named Voldemort. Anybody who read the book, there's a T in his name? You're not supposed to say it, apparently. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Voldemort. It's not Voldemort. Anyway, he's, in my opinion, like I said, he's Vader. Going around, just anybody who wants to come in on my cause of we don't like muggles and muggles are non-magic folk, unless you're a nomad, which is American stuff. Anyway, um, we're going to live superior to them, come to my side. If not, he was just wiping people out. And some of the people who were against the resistance were the potters. And eventually he found the potters, whacked them and went to go kill a little baby. 
Instead, we find out that the sacrifice of Lily, his mother, has caused the old school magic of love that then bounces back on Voldemort, and then he's gone. He's dead. So the book opens up with Vernon Dursley, Harry's mm-hmm. uncle, just trying to go to work, and like all these weird shits are happening. Like people in tunics are walking around, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Fireworks are going off. He's like, "What the fuck is going on?" And it's it's because it is this day. Whereas the movie opens up on a dark night in Privet Drive with them dropping off the baby, but still that sense of like this guy's going to be famous, and he never knows what he is. So Harry Potter, Potter, Harry Potter, before he even begins, is. The boy who lived, he's got this entire lore about him, but doesn't know it. He is born or raised into this muggle world, living with his Aunt Petunia, his Uncle Vernon, and his cousin Dudley. So that's Richard Griffiths played Uncle Vernon, Fiona Shaw played Aunt Petunia, and Harry Melling played Dudley Dursley. What amazing casting. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They couldn't be more miserable if... I mean, obviously, they're actors, but they played miserable perfectly. Perfectly. You you just, you despise them. You wanted to just go take a shower. They just were so despicable and didn't try to hide their distaste for Harry at all. Perfect. Perfect way to bring up my next thing of what a character clash it is to not that they didn't like him. I'm fine with that, but they let the outside world see it. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I just read again, preparing for this was that wouldn't it make more sense for them to like dress him better and to make him look better? Cause if not, it would cause more talk about like, do you see the way they let that Potter kid run around? Like they must really <laughs> fucking hate that kid. Somebody should call the equivalent of Dyfus over here. But instead it's it's something that's not brought up. And not until I read this post of like you would think they'd send him to better stuff. So on the outside it kept up appearances because the one thing Petunia doesn't want is people talking about right. her. Exactly. She is that nosy neighbor, the bewitched neighbor to me. I'm just like, Morty, Morty, come here and look. Like, just always that. And Vernon, he's in the book, he's described as selling drill bits. And like the bits in he sells, like that's what he is. He's just this hard, round man trying to fit into a square peg or something like that is what they said. Right. And then Dudley is just the most spoiled child ever. And it all plays out. Harry has lived at this house for almost 10 years. And it's just been horrible. Or is it 11? It's 11 years. 11. Well, it's going to be well, his 11th right, birthday, birthday. But he was not zero when he was dropped off. Had a, right. Okay. So right. Because when we see Voldemort. pictures of him with his he parents. He was a toddler, perhaps. He was a toddler. He was definitely, I think, you know, at least one. Right. Agreed. Later on in the book, super nerd fact number one billion or something like that, eventually he gets a picture of himself, Sirius, his godfather, buys him a little toy broom that actually hovers. It's one of the only pictures that he has of the three of them is him just riding around on this little broom. Mm. That's like weird deep cuts six books from now. Sorry. But he is just a little boy. He's lived there in these horrible conditions. He lives in the cupboard underneath the stairs. They're horrible to him. It's his cousin's birthday. He doesn't have enough gifts. He's going to go out to the zoo. It's the first time we see him speak parcel tongue in which we learn. Just nothing goes right for him until... He gets the letters, the letters that we were talking about from Hogwarts that just keep showing up. And they're like, we're not going to give them to him because the Dursleys know the back facts of who Lily and James were, that they were wizards and Harry himself would be a wizard. And they don't want that. Aforementioned Lee said that they don't want any attention brought to them, especially on a negative light. And in their eyes, being magical is a negative light. 
Eventually he gets his letter. This guy that we know named Hagrid comes and gets him. And that's where the real Harry Potter story goes proper. Yes. Hagrid shows up at that aforementioned island. And he comes through the door. This huge menacing Harry presence. And the Dursleys are terrified. And Harry is more almost bewitched. He's just standing there in awe, looking at this man who brings him this birthday cake. (laughs) And he seemingly doesn't seem to be frightened. He doesn't seem to be shaken up at all. All right, he's just taking it all in, which is a lot for a little kid. And then, of course, Dudley sneaking into the cake (laughs) with his hands. It's kind of gross. But he gets a pigtail. pigtail yes, he does. It. Yeah, that's fun. Hagrid's not supposed to do magic. We learn that his wand gets broken, and uh, he eventually puts it into his broomstick—little bits, bits and pieces that he has left. So he can do some magic, but strictly speaking, he's not supposed to. Mm-hmm. One thing I noticed before that, though, because we were talking about the superhero and how could Harry be that, and sometimes you don't have to have magical powers to be a superhero. Just like I've noticed with that first scene at the uh, the zoo, is Harry doesn't need a wand to do magic. By him making that glass disappear, mm-hmm. it was the first time I saw that he realized in himself that he was had magical inside of him. So by the time he does get to the the island there, I could see why he thought something else was going on. That in the uh, the owls, the letters coming in and stuff like that. So he already had a little bit of knowledge, I think, that something was going on with him. And, you know, the snake said thanks and took off after him and then the glasses back. I thought that was interesting watching it through again and saying, maybe he really doesn't need to be superhero as far as getting powers bestowed on him or needing a, a wand or a green lantern or needing a ring, a magical ring, or even the Batman who has no superpowers other than his gadgets, you know? It's one of the things in Harry Potter, too, of like non-wand, wandless magic is a big deal because of how hard it is. There's not much of it, though, from what I remember. No, in the movies, no. In the book, right. this wasn't his exact first time. One time his aunt sat him down and pruned his hair. And I say that to mean, you know, she didn't sit down and give him a nice haircut. She fucking went to town because it's supposed to be even bigger and messier. And the next day when he woke up, he had such anxiety going to sleep that night. He didn't sleep. But when he, quote unquote, woke up or got up, it was all back. Mm -hmm. He got in trouble. A bunch of boys, Dursley or Dudley inspired chasing him. And all of a sudden he ended up on the roof one time when they cornered him and like, I guess a gust of wind got me up there or something like that. So I do agree in terms of like, why am I not freaking out at Big Harry Guy? It's just like, what the fuck is going on around here? Just like, what's going on? How do you know it's my birthday? Mm-hmm. But it is his birthday because all witches and wizards get their letters. Uh, super nerd fact, 10 billion something else. Nobody decides who goes there. It's all in a book that just writes itself. There's a room in Hogwarts where a quill just starts writing its own shit and like that's who gets in and that's whose name or, you know, I believe in the book, in this island scene, Hagrid says like his name's been down on the, in the book since day one or whatever the Mm -hmm. hell he says, something like that. Well, it tells him he's a wizard, yes. 
But nobody sat there and went, oh, Harry Potter's born. He's coming here. It's all magic. It's all up in the air. I thought that that was interesting. Second fun fact, you don't pay to go to Hogwarts. There's no annual tuition. The Ministry of Magic covers it all. You have to buy your own supplies, so we do see Where that. Where did that, you even find that out? Oh, the so internet's Dursley amazing. Was a, his father was said hey, something like yeah, that. Yeah, because well, Dursley said we're not paying for that. Paying for that. And, and that's where he eventually got, you know, went to Gringotts in the next scene or two. But. Yeah. So the guy whose video I watched, he probably had to spend in and around $1,100 for the robes, the cauldron, the owl, even though in the book, Hagrid, that was his first gift was actually, he bought him Hedwig. The cauldrons, the wand, all that, it was about $1,100 with the thought about price of room and board plus teacher salary, all that being somewhere, shit, now I forget the number and if I say it wrong, I'm going to sound like an asshole, but it was like a hundred and something thousand dollars a year. But no, all covered by the Ministry of Magic. Good folks. <laughs> he gets all of his stuff. At he Diagon Alley. In Diagon Alley. That was a great scene. Oh, bro, I definitely remember that in the theater of just like, how's he going to, like, what's it going to look like? Uh-huh. And he taps the bricks, and it opens up like a weird puzzle. And we completely passed platform nine and three quarters. Why? If we're just a diagonally now, he's got to get all his stuff and then go to platform nine and three quarters. Oh, that's true. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I'm ahead of myself. She passed the platform seven. <laughs> But in Diagonally, nothing, I, I would say, I hate to harp on it. The book kind of elaborated on it a little bit more in terms of getting the ropes and stuff like that. But you did see a lot of great Easter eggs. The set design on this is exactly, it's better than what I made in my head, which is hardly something I can ever say. Again, being 10 years old, I can 100% remember looking at that going like, that's Diagonally. Yep, mm -hmm. that's exactly what it was with no, oh, I thought it'd be like, nope, that's what the fuck it looks like. And it to this day, stands up. And yes. I really oh. want to go to Florida and go to the real one and look at that, but... It's cool. Yeah. It does. It's cool. Oh, yeah. And it just, you know, we've said it so many times and it comes in a later move, later movie when they use the flu power, powder and he says, diagonally. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. What did he say? Diagonally. Oh, I was afraid of oh, that. Afraid of that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, flu powder is one of those things where it's, I don't know if I'd play with that. A port key seems a little bit smarter or something. Yeah, flu powder, I don't know if that's something in the magical world I'd mess with. It must be really messed up being a muggle-born. So you could be a quote-unquote pure blood. Your parents are magic. They live in the magic world and you yourself are magic. Or you could be a muggle-born, which means you are a muggle. Your parents are muggle. They lived as muggles, but you were still, like I said earlier with the pen in the book you were written you were going to go to this school so it must be very strange to for harry it's awesome in terms of a character of getting to be both because though he was from the magical world you know he is he this quote-unquote prince almost mm -hmm. this what's the word uh the prodigal son mm -hmm. returning to the magic world after his time away to him he's just like hey I'm Harry. Mm -hmm. It's one of the charms of the character that's really great. And it goes through in that scene where they're before they get to the Diagon Alley perfectly, they're in the cauldron and people are like, Mr. Potter. Yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. And he's looking around. How do all these, people, these people know who know I am? Me? Yeah. I love that. And that's mm -hmm. where we get the downloaded story of Hagrid telling him what happened to his parents. And then from there, yeah, we can go to platform nine and three quarters which is a giant train. The Hogwarts Express is one that takes them because the school itself isn't in England. I think it's in, shit, I'm horrible at geography. 
What's like right above that shit? Scotland? I want to say Scotland, but again, really bad at that. Really bad at that. But they have to take a giant train. I always thought that that was great. Every train I've been on hasn't been like a... You know, it's like Amtrak or some shit like that, where it's like, this isn't a train. This is kind of... I don't know. I always thought that that was magical. And then we get to meet Ron. We get fun candy. It's alive. Would you eat a chocolate frog? No, I don't think so. And Hermione. I even saw uh, that. You have dirt on your nose right there. Did you know? Did you know? <laughs> the next fun topic that I was going to get to, I've, we're not going to be able to talk about every single aspect of the movie. As I'm looking at the time in which we're recording, I'm like, fuck, we're not even at Hogwarts yet. <laughs> so we're probably going to have to start to get some big chunks out of the way quickly. We, we're just going to arrive at Hogwarts and get to what we did when we got here. Why? What do you have? You have notes. Let's talk about some notes. What'd you write? Uh, I wrote a lot of notes. Okay. I like that they went from a train to a boat. I had forgotten that. Hadn't really seen the movie in quite a while. Fun fact number blah, blah, blah. Only the first years do that. From then on, we see them walk with the Thestrals from then on. Only first years travel over through the boat. The only reason I'm positive of this is in the second movie slash book, we meet Colin Creevy, the kid who keeps taking pictures. Mm -hmm. And eventually in the books, his little brother comes and falls in the lake. And as he's in line waiting to get the hat drawn, he looks over at his brother. He goes, hey, I fell in the lake. <laughs> and it's to this day, I don't know why it's one of my favorite parts of the book, but I could just imagine it still. It's never brought up, but only the first years go across in the boats. Ravenclaw, the only one not mentioned by the sorting hat. This is a perfect segue into right exactly where I wanted to get to. Hogwarts is a school of witchcraft and wizardry set up by four legendary witches and wizards. Helga Hufflepuff, Rowena Ravenclaw, Salazar Slytherin, and Godric Gryffindor. So, their last names are the houses of in which comprise Hogwarts itself. Now that I'm thinking about it, I can't remember if I ever figure out why they were like, all four of them were like, Hogwarts. It doesn't sound like a VD at all. We should call this Hogwarts. <laughs> oh, it's a... Umbrella. Yeah, so why is speak. it called Hogwarts now that I'm thinking about it? Oh, man, is there a nerd out there bigger than I who would love to put this down in the comments? Because I would like that. But can we all agree that it kind of sounds like a VD? Like, yeah, it does. That chick you brought home. I don't know, bro. You might want to check. You might have Hogwarts again. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> so when you go there as a newbie, you don't know which house you'll sit with because you do everything with your house. You triumph with your house. You lose with your house. One of the things not brought up a lot in the movies only in view sometimes is the points the are point dictated system. by crystals mm -hmm. and the crystals are in the main hall and you see them rise and fall and whoever has the most crystals at the end wins the house cup and they don't really say why you want to win the house cup no you just they want don't really to. say what you win you just win the cup you just want to do it well, yeah. it's like the yachting thing you win the yachting cup yeah but it's not like being the valedictorian or like next year Free we get tuition first. next year that's what I mean. Yeah, they're like, what do we get? We get the first pick at Quidditch or... Uh, doesn't matter. Anyway, there's a hat. You put that shit on your head. It reads your mind a little bit. They're unclear on the magic of that. And you get sorted into the house. All this is a long-winded way of saying you, faithful listener, can go out onto the internet, put your do a little test on that internet, and get sorted yourself. And I... And I, then I made my parents, and we did it. And it was a lot of fun. And I want to talk about what we all are. Why'd you sigh, Denise? You go first. 
Because I ended up in Slytherin, and I didn't want to be in Slytherin. I wanted to be in Gryffindor. Yeah, but Slytherin's not that bad. So what we have from there is pride, ambition, cunning. You probably know that some Slytherin's most renowned members include Severus Snape and Bellatrix Lestrange. But did you know Merlin himself was a Slytherin? Or that according to legend, the ribbon of a first class of Merlin is green to reflect the Hogwarts house itself. So this is a long way of saying it's not that bad. You lost me at Lestrange. She was nuts. <laughs> yes, and some people would say, I am Lestrange, so I don't know. The name fits, I guess I could take it. There you go. Pop, which one did you get? I came in with Ravenclaw, which based on Denise's little uh, trivia tidbit now, is worth noting. The Sorting Hat chose me for Ravenclaw. So it was brought up once. Wit, learning, and wisdom. You probably know that some of Ravenclaw's most renowned members include Gilderoy Lockhart and Luna Lovegood. But did you know Ravenclaw's Grey Lady is the least talkative Hogwarts house ghost, or that Ravenclaw's common room boasts the most stunning views of the castle grounds? I did not. These are all you go to the Potter world. I think now that it's been rebranded after Harry Potter, Mm -hmm. it's called the Wizarding World. That's where, guys, if you're listening, like, where is he getting all this information? Go there, give him your email, and you yourself can also take these tests that put my mom into Slytherin, <laughs> put my dad into Ravenclaw. So you're sitting here wondering what could be the combination of the two. <laughs> and I got Hufflepuff, and I was so fucking stoked about this. <laughs> Dedications, patience, loyalty. You probably know that some of Hufflepuff's most renowned members include Nifedora Tonks and Cedric Diggory. But did you know that Hufflepuff's house ghost, the Fat Friar, still resents the fact that he was never made a cardinal? Or that Hufflepuff has produced the fewest dark wizards of any house at Hogwarts? Boom. We're the nicest. We're the most loyal. I like, I've always wanted to be a Hufflepuff and I'm happy. The only time I'm not happy with it is that they're dicks to Harry when Cedric is supposed to be in the goblet. But yeah, the third one's patience. I think you noticed that I left that one out. I said <laughs> loyalty, dedication, and I left patience out for a reason. I did notice and wanted to make a point. Where right is there. nearly Headless Nick from? What house is he from? He was a Gryffindor. He was yeah. a Gryffindor. He's the Gryffindor yeah. house. Okay. The fat friar is Hufflepuffs. We just learned that the Grey Lady, it's not Rowena's daughter, who we learn later, way later, gives him to die, and it's the Grey Ghost. And the final one, who is Slytherin's? He's got an alliterative name. He himself, he's uh, a... this horseman? It, it's a type of status, I believe. Nope, not coming. BB, he's the Bloody Baron. No, 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 would have never gotten there. One of my favorite parts in the book left out, but another great fun fact. There was supposed to be Peeves the Poltergeist in the movie. So much so, not only it was not only a theory, but there are films seen. There was an actor. He was cast. He was there. They did film stuff. Great big character throughout the entire series left out. The only reason I brought it up is the only person who can ever put him in check was the Bloody Baron. The only person that Peeves was ever actually truly afraid of. Hmm. He's got a sick Funko Pop. So you see, I have a headless or nearly headless Nick. So he's kind of the Mm -hmm. same in between color and he's got a cool sword and shit. They also have a moaning myrtle in the same kind of bluish tint. They're great. One last thing. I want to say one more thing about the movie and especially getting to Hogwarts as far as the scenery. That 
Great Hall is amazing. When they go in for the sorting hat and then Dumbledore announces the feast and all the food appears, Halloween with the floating pumpkins, jack-o'-lanterns, and then, of course, Christmas. Those who don't know, my mom might be Mother Christmas herself. So to see stuff like that, to say it gets her going is, yeah. It's, yeah. it's lack the of better The trees word. and the candles and the wreaths and the garlands, it's just fabulous. Fabulous. I love every single scene that happens in that room. Yeah, and lucky for you, a lot of shit happens in mm-hmm. that room. It's one of the only sets that they really went with. We have that and we have the common rooms, but they're outside a lot. Some of the classrooms get redone to just be reused. Mm-hmm. We don't get a lot of that that I noticed in the movie because a lot of it's saved for the end as well because they need giant set pieces to make that finale come off as giant as it is, mm-hmm. right? which they right. do get to. I would say the next big jump in the movie that I could think of is Quidditch and flying on broomsticks. What was the next well, movie? Well, the introduction, had? I think Professor Quirrell. That was and mad the, long, yeah. The entire evolution of the kids in regard to Snape and them thinking that Snape, Professor Snape, is a bad guy. Well, all the while, it's not Professor Snape at all, it's Professor Quirrell. We meet him all the way back before we go into Diagon Alley. And something that I didn't notice was that Harry goes to shake his hand and Quirrell's like, nah, I'm not touching you. Which we learned at the very, very end, Mm -hmm. spoiler alert, is like super fucking smart because his hand would have turned to ash right there and shit. Later on, when Snape is first introduced, when we're panning in on him, really quick, rest in peace, Alan Rickman. Mm. You were the perfect Snape. You were such an amazing actor. You were a lot of things. To a lot of different ways... I can't, we can talk for hours on him, but we won't. That's the end of our Alan Rickman. But as we're pushing into him and we're learning who he is with his kind of inquisitive dick-like, what are you looking at, Harry? Mm -hmm. The back of Quirrell's head is also in the shot. So I'm sorry, I'm going to stop saying spoilers right now. Voldemort's in the back of that head, and that's when his scar hurts for the first time. And he thinks, and the way that it's shot, shout out Chris Columbus, director, for making that look that way. Because that's exactly what it was supposed to do. We are supposed to be let off this entire track mm-hmm. this whole time that Snape's not really nice. And to be dead honest, at the end of the day, I, I don't think he's a nice guy. Yes, I know with the Lily thing and the forgiveness, but he was a dick to Neville. Every book for no reason. You want to hold Harry to James's sins? That's your own shit. Why are you picking on Neville? Well, that's a whole nother podcast too, but that poor fucking guy, man. Somebody has to be long suffering and it ended up being Neville. Somebody's got to play that role in every movie and it ended up being Neville in this one. In all of them. Why is it always me? I I don't know. (laughs) But he's the one who wins. We'll talk about that later. You're right. Because he gets, he gets the best. He's, it's all him. Yes. Mm -hmm. What was next in your notes to make sure I don't skip anything? Oh gosh. What do I have? So... Oh, I thought the mirror of Erised was important because Harry, it was Harry thinking that he was seeing his parents and it was his deepest, darkest desires. And I thought that was a touching scene when Dumbledore finds him and says, no, Harry, this isn't something you want to do. This is not a road you want to go down. And we're going to take the mirror and we're going to put it somewhere that nobody can find it. So I thought that was good. What does Dumbledore see when he looks in that mirror? I don't recall. Himself holding a nice pair of thick socks. <laughs> That's what he wants most in the world. Isn't that weird? <laughs> well, maybe he spent winters in Pennsylvania. 
it wouldn't be right to go on and suck Alan Rickman as much as we did without also noting that Richard Harris passed away too. Yes, that was very he sad. Was it really was. was very story. sad when that yeah. transition had to be made and he was no longer, somebody else was Albus Dumbledore. It was just, that was a hard movie to sit through. It really was. Not that it wasn't a great movie, but it was a new Dumbledore and I was still mourning the old one. He did. He did a great job. I loved him in the first two. For those who don't know, he passed away and the role had to be taken on by somebody else. And I think it was also, I don't know if it was done on purpose, that that was the first time Chris Columbus then stepped away. So maybe with the whole new feel, that's why I think that it worked better than it could have. It could have been a much rougher transition, but Mm -hmm. I do think with the change of director and almost that's the first one, it's a first change of tone of like, maybe this isn't so kid's book. You know, we're going to talk about a mass murderer and like somebody cutting off a pinky and betrayal of best friends mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, we're going to go really deep on that. It's been my favorite book forever because it's the only one that's not all about Voldemort. Mm-hmm. That's neither here nor there. But to talk about the mirror, continue, yeah, that keeps going through. Just it's called Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone because we are talking about this. It is a stone that keeps somebody alive. And at the end of the day, Quirrell is trying to find it to get Voldemort back. The kids have to stop it. That's that's what has to happen. And just that whole scene of them getting past the three-headed dog and through the trap door and through the vines and of wizard chess. Mm. What a great scene. Wizard chess and, and Ron just stepping up to the plate and saying, you go, Harry. I know it has to be you. I'll... I'll sacrifice myself here was just a great, great scene for everybody involved. So to backtrack just a little bit, they have to get through many different things. Uh, A few more in the book that we can talk about in a moment. But the thing that was funny, I think we did bring it up, though. The first task is Fluffy, a Cerebus dog of sorts. It's a three-headed dog, though it's similarly to that of sits outside Hades protecting or guarding that shit. Named Fluffy. But Fluffy is his, and he gives out that. He's like, yeah, the only thing is that he just needs a little bit of sleep, and he'll go right to, or a little bit of music, and he'll go right to sleep. Oops, shouldn't Oops, have said, I shouldn't that. Have said that. <laughs> From there, they dive down into Devil's Snare. Devil's Snare. Right. And I love it. It was one of the ones in the book that's just also relax. really great. Yeah, just relax. You know, relax. and like, good thing we didn't panic. <laughs> good thing Hermione pays attention in, in herbology. herbology. <laughs> yep. From there, they go is the next one, the keys. Mm -hmm. The key was pretty good. And now the thing in the book that they kind of played a little bit more on that you don't realize in the movies is that every test is a Hogwarts teacher. So the first one is Hagrid of, if not Hagrid, I think the care of magical creatures teacher at the time, Grubbly Plank is Mm. something. I, I can't remember their name. I do remember in the third movie, as we meet Dumbledore for the first time, he says, they're retiring because they want to spend time with their remaining limbs. Uh-huh. It's like a line in the book. So whoever that was, that was that. The second one would be Professor Sprout with Herbology. Mm-hmm. The third one would be Professor Flitwick. The, the keys. keys were charmed. He's the charm teacher. The one left out of the movie that's in the book is a well, riddle. Well, would be Madame Hooch, too, wouldn't it? Or Professor Hooch with the broom? With the broom flying, too, I would yes. There's one that has to do with potions in the book of like if... There's seven of them, and if you drink one, maybe three will help, and do two. It's a roll. It's a long riddle. I'm not going to try. That was Snape. Wizard's chest would then be McGonagall mm-hmm. because she transfigured all of the chess pieces. 
with the final one being Dumbledore, the mirror itself. I thought that that was brilliant. Mm-hmm. When I go back and I look at that, I'm just like, oh, yeah, that does make a lot of sense. That's maybe something they should have put in the movie. Yeah, no. No, that was it, it just flows beautifully from one to the next to the next. And yeah, that's I don't know. Why the two and a half hours doesn't seem that long. No, really. it did not because feel long it does at all. Keep and going, like moving. The only thing that I was, I don't know, are you getting near the end? I don't want to ruin the end. No, no. That's what we were going to do because you brought up the beautiful chess scene where Rupert Grint, I don't mm-hmm. think we've said his name out loud yet. They're all kids, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are the kiddiest of kids. If you go back and you watch other shit, they're not even kid actors, a lot of them. Maybe some with some stuff there, but not not a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that speech in which you talked about, like, not me, not Hermione, you. Mm-hmm. And then he gets taken out, and then Emma Watson, I don't believe we said her name either, or Daniel Radcliffe. Let's say all their fucking names right now, because mm-hmm. I said we were going to do it as we go on. Didn't say a name. They're all sitting there, and then Emma, it's her turn to get, it's like, there are other things that are more important, like friendship and courage and mm-hmm. shit. I don't think she said the last one. <laughs> but all three of those actors have a really good time acting, or they do a good job. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to think of something, a better way to say it, but they're all super tough in that movie. Yeah. Go ahead. We get to the end where Harry comes. It is the final test of the mirror. We have Quirrell who we didn't know was the bad guy, but we know is the bad guy. Right. Snape is somewhere else, and he's there like, what are you, who would ever suspect poor stuttering Professor Snape? Quirrell? During that? Yeah. We don't Where know. Where was Snape? I, I do believe that it brings up the bigger question with leaving his specific task out of the final challenges. Because at least in the book, you're like, okay, he is one of the people helping guard it. Yeah, we knew that Hagrid said that shit, but now we actually have evidence of him at least setting up a task like, why would you set up a task if you just had to get through it later anyway? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think Snape went down past the three-headed dog. No, that's what I'm saying. Where was he? But still, just where was he? He was, he just, was oh, the one know. who was, was watching Quirrell. Why wasn't he? Oh, I see what you're saying He on that was point. specifically watching Quirrell. So that is why a good wasn't point. he on top of that? Because Quirrell even says in that, like, oh, I let the troll in. Oh, man. Really, really quick. Troll <laughs> in the dungeon. Thought you ought to know. <laughs> I love that fucking part. <laughs> There's a whole troll scene. Anyway, he does say that. He says that at the end, like, oh, Snape saw right through me, and he never kept me out of his sight from there on. Right. And that's a giant now, point to be like, until right Harry fucking Potter's now. down there alone <laughs> with him, and where is Snape? That's a good all fucking All of this stuff point. is going on. These kids are making all kinds of well, racket. They've gotten past the dog, and nobody knows. Correct. Snape was so on top of him that he couldn't get past the dog. Now, Quirrell is all the way at the end, and Snape's nowhere. He's not even back at, like, the key or some shit like that, you know, trying to catch up with them at the very end to be, like, eventually, like, oh, I thought Quirrell was here. What are you three doing here? That's a good point. He, You wouldn't. Good mm-hmm. call. Is that, what, is that what you meant? Is that what you wanted to save to I not spoil from the end? I wrote it down in my notes. It's a great fucking point. <laughs> but, no, the ending. So, now... They think they've gotten rid of Voldemort. Voldemort. Now I'm going to say it. going to be aware of it. And it's time for Harry to go home. I hated that J.K. Rowling sent him home, and I hated that Hagrid let him go home. Um. Yeah, maybe for like six years in a fucking row. I know. Why did they keep sending him back there? I don't know. Because if I'm it's not mistaken. one thing that's really irritated me all this time. They knew. Especially after the second one, where like the Fred and George were like, they put bars on his window. So they know it just got worse after that. 
They tried to keep him away worse, yeah. Because well, there were some scenes around it, I guess, that she wanted to put into the story. Yeah, but there's no the janitors living Dobby. at Hogwarts over the summer that, that he could like, have kept him. That's what I'm saying. There's nobody he there. He could have lived with Hagrid. Hagrid. He could have done. So there's no boarding school. Why no, did no, the no, school I keep agree. sending him back to the Dursleys? When there well, was Daddy's saying it's a plot point. Yeah. Oh, true. Okay. Dobby, where else was Dobby going to show up? And like, well, I'm talking about later ones, but you know, when they tie the, like you just said, the the car, the, the flying car. car, you wouldn't have had that. Yeah, there's a lot of things. The flying car. I get the plot point of it, the but whole, the bigger plot point right. isn't ever somebody coming and sitting Harry down and being like, "Listen, oh, and the dementors. it fucking sucks there, but you have to stay there because you can't." You know? Oh, actually, no. Fuck me. I think that it is said. Because that is his home, it's what, ooh, there's something there. At the very end, they do mention it in the Deathly Hallows when the curse or when his birthday ends, the trace ends. The house, I don't think that they can plot the house. It's non-plottable. There's magic. To answer your question, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I can answer my own question of they have to send him back because of the fact that he somehow considers it home. And with that, magic power is enchanted upon him. This is how Voldemort never finds him in between school years, you know, because you would think that that guy would also be like, just send to like, why doesn't Voldemort ever just like find a muggle and be like, oh, you're a murderer? Good, go murder this little boy to shoot him. I don't give a shit. He lives here. Right. Go to Little Whinging, open the door, blast the cap in his ass, and I'll give you whatever you want. So yes, I think that that's why they had to keep sending him back. It just made me sad. It does. It does. When he hugs... Hagrid at the train station, and I just tell him that you're going to keep him. Tell him that you're going to keep him. No, put him on the train. Fun fact number 10 billion, whatever, that was one of the first shots filmed. So when you watch that, one of the biggest points that you read about in the description of Harry Potter is that his eyes match his mother's, and they are a stark green. Daniel Radcliffe has blue eyes and is highly allergic to the contact lenses they put in him. They did try for a day, and that day was the final scene. So if you watch when he's leaving, there are no face shots, no full-ons, but there are every now and then where you could see a glint of green in his eyes because he was trying to wear the contacts and make it through. Mm. But for the rest of the movie, blue eyes, because he was like, no. And they were like, yeah, that kind of seems stupid. No, I want to go watch again. Right? Yeah. I just watched that movie straight through, and I was like, oh, wow, this was so much fun. I think I could watch it again. Mm-hmm. With that, uh, you know, we did kind of come to the end of it. It was so much fun that I think I can go watch it again. It was really fun in a really weird meta way doing this with you guys. I mean, I talk to you guys all the time, and I podcast quite regularly, too. The two worlds have never come together like this, and it was fun. Agreed, it was a good yeah. time. Yes, it was. I tried Next to watch my mouth. we get to just talk about you. Yeah, I have a lot of fun, <laughs> embarrassing stories. Maybe that'll just be its own thing. The episode entitled, The Day Nick Went Blind. <laughs> The day Nick said he wasn't going to school because Harry Potter was on. We could do a lot of those where it's just super cringe for me. But other people out there would be like, they say he went blind? Is there a medical problem? No, asshole just pretended like he was blind and bumped into shit. New episodes to come. (laughs) Guys, I hope you had fun. I hope that we could definitely come back. You know, we've got a lot of Harry Potter to talk about. If anybody out there liked it, drop a message down below in the comments. Tweet facebook all those things we're all over the internet it would be great if you could do so if you can like subscribe but if you can't the one thing i can ask hopefully would be that you could tell a friend because if you know a friend who likes buds bros or superheroes i tell you i got a show for them 
This whole time, guys, I have been Nick James. I've been joined with my parents. Denise. And Jim. This has been Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. And we are uh, out of here. <laughs> <laughs>